to have our guest speaker, guest speaker, Paul Fryman. Um, he has a great message about 200th anniversary. It very well ties in. So we are always glad to hear him. And um, I know that you are eager to hear what he says. And I know that you will continue to pray for um, Gary Gibson as he remains in quarantine, self-isolation, whatever the correct term is. But we are glad to have you, Paul. Well, good morning to all of you who are here and those of you who are joining us online. It is uh, an unexpected joy to be with you, uh, and I'm glad that we are able to still celebrate this morning 200 years of presence here in Bowling Green on this side of the corner of State Street and around the world as we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ who transform the world through his gospel message. I'd like to read one verse from Psalm 1, verse 3. I would remind you before I read this that really I should sing it because the Psalms were not written to be read, but sung. And sung theology is the best theology. Do I hear an amen from the choir director? Listen. To what David, harp in hand, would sing. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to point out something to you, and if you need to stand up and turn around, that's very okay with me. But I'd like you to take a look at this stained glass window behind you. Those of you who are joining us online, I'm pointing to one of the three major stained glass windows. It is a tree, an oak tree. Now, if you look at that tree and then you look at all the other symbols that we have in this beautiful sanctuary, you'll see a Bible. We understand the symbolism of that, an anchor. We have the cross and we have the tree. And you may think to yourself, well, if you have a Bible and you have a cross, we understand the symbolism of that. Maybe that tree symbolizes the tree of life. Or one of the trees that it was in the Garden of Eden. Or even as Peter reminds us in one of his epistles, Jesus was crucified, literally in the Greek, on a tree. But you would be wrong. That tree has a history. If you asked Dorothy Dodson about it, she could have told you. Ask Larry Scott, our present historian, he could tell you. That tree sat right where you are sitting here in the sanctuary when this lot was bought to build this church. That tree had to be taken down so that the flooring and the walls in this beautiful sanctuary could be planted. If you ask David, 
David would say this, you are like that tree. He begins the psalm by saying, happy is the person who takes a certain path. And then he goes on to sing that he shall be or she shall be like a tree planted. If you want some wisdom on how to live in these difficult days, the tree that used to be here, David sings, can teach you how to live. I'd like to share with you some of the wisdom of that tree. Here's the first thing that the tree would say to you and the tree would say to me about how to live. It's this. Bloom where you are planted. Bloom where you are planted. David begins his song by saying, he's like a tree that's planted. And you know what? The the tree had no choice in where it was planted. This tree probably came by chance. Maybe a seed dropped by a squirrel or the wind, but it landed where it landed, and we sit today where it grew. There is a lot of life, hear me now, because this will preach. There is a lot of life, a lot of life, where you find yourself where you do not want to be, but you're stuck there. And can we believe that in those difficult times, we can bloom even where we don't want to be? Gerald was 15, loving the life that he was living, running around on a farm, till one day he jumped in a pond to cool off in the summer and broke his neck. And suddenly found himself as a 15-year-old kid, somewhere he did not want to be. He ended up paralyzed from the neck down. And after a lot of time in the hospital and therapy, found himself in a wheelchair going back to school. And one teacher, an art teacher, required of him to finish a required course in art. Now he can't use his hands. How in the world does he learn to fulfill an art requirement without mobility? And the teacher took a brush one day and stuck it in his teeth and said, Now, Gerald, paint. Learn to paint with a brush in your mouth. And Gerald painstakingly learned how to take watercolors, Gail, watercolors, and paint the things around him. With time and effort, he painted red barns and flowers and fields of green. 
he blossomed where he found himself planted. Now my challenge, no, let me take that back. The challenge of God's tree to you and me this week when you find yourself somewhere where you do not want to be is this. Bloom. Bloom. And that happens through the second part of the wisdom of this tree. David sings, planted by rivers of water. The wisdom of the tree is this. Grow deep roots, just like Lee sang earlier. Grow deep roots. All you have to do is touch the water. That's all you have to do. Grow deep roots. I've shared before, but I had to share again today. I'm sorry. I read from my mother's Bible today. On the cover of it, you can see where there's been a coffee cup left on top of it. You see, part of her struggle in life, a place where she did not want to be planted, was losing a husband when he was 56 years old, and you're 54, and you've got to find a new normal. My mother couldn't even balance a checkbook. Daddy did it all for her. He did it all. But mom grew deep roots that touched the water. The questions after dad died were these in her mind. Why? Could I have done something differently with his health that would have avoided that massive heart attack that took his life? Where am I going to go? Mom was the widow of a Methodist minister and was living in a parsonage. She didn't have a home. And she didn't really have the finances. How am I going to make it? Where? But every day with that coffee cup in this Bible and red pencil, she would underline verses that connected her with the who. God. And because her roots touched God, for 14 years through up and down, she made it. She made it. She would say it wasn't easy, but I found the source. And those underlined verses speak of God saying to her one day in Joshua, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And in the Apostle Paul in Philippians, another verse underlined in red, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Grow deep roots. Touch the water. And that leads us to the last bit of wisdom from the tree. David sings right after that these words. 
that brings forth his fruit in his season. The interesting thing about a tree is this. It changes the world around it, doesn't it? It takes gases that can be harmful to us and changes the air. When you bloom where you are planted and you grow deep roots, you will change the world around you. Do you remember the story of the man who was out early one day at the beach running? And he came across a boy who was taking starfish that had been washed up during the night onto the beach. Loads of them. And he was taking a starfish at a time and throwing it back into the water. Do you remember that story? And the man who was running stopped and watched him for a little while. And then he asked him what he was doing. And he said, the young boy said, I'm, I'm saving this starfish. And the guy that was running watched him a little while longer. And he said, do you really think you're making that much of a difference? I mean, look at all the starfish that you have yet to throw back into the water. The little boy reached down, picked up another starfish, flung it into that pea-green sea, and said these words. It made a difference for that one. It made a difference for that one. You don't have to do big things to change the world. But you can change the world with little things, one at a time, a word at a time, a thought at a time, an action at a time. The world can change around you, sings David of the tree. You are that tree. And then suddenly one day we look up in the kingdom of God kingdom of God that we pray for every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. It's there. We see it. That is the wisdom of the tree. All of us go through days in our lives, I think, when the darkness outweighs the light. In my 10th year at a church where I was pastoring in the eastern part of the state years ago, I went through a season of depression. And in November, the cloudy skies and the mist of rain matched my mind, my heart, and my soul. And the church was a block away from the parsonage, and behind the parsonage was a maple tree that had lost all of its leaves. And as I was going from the church to the parsonage, I looked at that tree, and in that moment of time, God caught my attention. And a conversation similar to those he had with Job's began. Paul Fryman, he said, that tree is dead, is it not? And I argued with God. And I said, the leaves are off. 
but it's still alive, God. The roots have touched the water, and it's living. And God said these words to me. He said, Are you not that tree, Paul Allen? Are you not that tree? And a little light was given in a dark time. And I believe in your life and mine that when we bloom where we're planted and our roots go deep into the soil and we touch the living water and we change the world around us, there's a little bit of light in the dark moments of our lives when we become the tree. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.